Force my friends is violence, the supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. And you know, there is something very important we need to do as soon as possible. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative. Hello and welcome. This is the Parents Guide podcast where we talk about movies with a focus on sex and violence. We are still in season one. I don't know if we will ever get to another season, uh, which is all about movies from the 1990s. And today we are looking at a movie that mm, seems to be made for this podcast. Uh, we're talking about Funny Games from 1997 by Michael Haneke. Uh, and my guest today uh, is uh, Aditya Patachiria, who... Uh, Pick this movie, and I'm really happy that uh, someone picked this movie. Hello. <laughs> Hello, David. So before we get into our movie, um, I will ask you um, what I ask all of my guests. Um, this uh, podcast is about uh, how movies influence children, or if they can influence children, or if they are disturbing. Um, can you think of any movies that have disturbed you as a child in one way or another? maybe due to its sexual uh, or violent content. Yeah, uh, there's a film, you, there's a very underrated movie you have heard. It's called Predator. It came in 1987. Predator, Predator. Is, that's not underrated. <laughs> yes, of course. No, now now it is everything is underrated. So I am just taking <laughs> safe. Actually, my father used to buy, it was a huge cinephile and he used to buy a surround sound system. So mm -hmm. he got that, the first film that he got was Predator. And I saw that Predator when I was about five or six years old. Ooh. And the, yeah, I don't remember the entire film, but I remember one scene of it, uh, the Predator turning out the spine of the of a guy. And that mm -hmm. that thing haunted me for years. Oh, I don't I know. I that. I even blocked the entire movie, but I just remember that, that shot. That's that horrifyingly beautiful shot. I can. That's a, that's a very, very interesting choice. Uh, when I was like, I don't know, 12 13 that was the time when i when i started watching lots of movies that weren't supposed to watch like with friends and we made like a ranking which movies were the most violent and i remember at this time this scene in predator was always really high up there that to me was always oh, for a long time one of the most violent moments uh, i had seen at this point um so I, that's a really understand watching that at five or six uh, i can't imagine that this must yeah be i i don't remember the film first time watching the film entirely but that shot that single shot just haunted me then i rewatched it years after that and i came to realization that that is like half second shot that just i thought it was like a long take and something but it is mm -hmm. like my dude it's it's a single frame mm -hmm. shot that just haunted me for years yeah, I can even understand it too. I know, I, I remember after having watched it the first time, I also imagine it, I remembered it more violent than it actually is. And it is yeah. violent. I mean, it is a violent movie. Um, for a big blockbuster movie from the 80s, it's quite violent. Uh, I think uh, like Predator, and fun, there's similarity between Funny Games and Predator. That's the first, I might be the first person to say that. But I think the the similarity is in that way that you you think that things that you are watching is more violent than that it is because the violence mm -hmm. in funny games is a very perceptive violence because Haneke is not interested in showing you violence but making you feel the violence that's happening to the characters interesting interesting 
Yeah, you're right. I guess no one has ever made a connection between Predator and Funny Games. <laughs> um, but that is a good transition before we get ahead of ourselves. And we will talk about the violence and Funny Games for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. It, this movie is about violence, like Haneke made that very, very clear. So Funny Games, uh, for those who have not seen it, um, again, I, I don't have to use a spoiler warning anymore because uh, if you listen to this podcast, you must have seen the movie uh, or you will never see it. I, I don't care. Um, it is about a, a family. It's an Austrian movie. Um, maybe I have to um, mention that. Uh, which is an interesting choice for me because it's uh, in the German language. So the first movie I do in this podcast that is in the language that I speak normally, but it's not a German movie. It's an Austrian movie, which is a difference. Uh, although most of the actors are Austrian. Anyway, it is about yeah. a family who, who goes on a trip, uh, on a little holiday trip, and they are visited by two young men who terrorize them until, well, the whole family is gone, basically. <laughs> That's that's the movie, uh, and uh, as I already said, uh, Haneke, Haneke's idea is uh, goes far more beyond that. So, what's your history with Funny Games? Uh, actually, in two thousand twelve, I first watched Amour because of the Oscar mm -hmm. nomination it got and acclaim it got, and I was completely moved by watch, watching Amour because it was as a as a new cinephile, uh, it was my first experience with Haneke, and it was like nothing anything I have seen before i was not expecting a very clinical experience about a old age and and death so it it uh, really surprised me that how methodical it was so i want to go back and watch his entire filmography uh, so i watched cachet after that mm -hmm. and a uh, few weeks after that i i tried to watch funny games and hated it when i first watched it mm -hmm. because i was because i am a genre person i like genre films and that movie just basically like fuck you you don't you, why you are watching genre <laughs> movies it has uh -huh. that attitude towards it that's the intention at least <laughs> yeah that's the main motive behind making him like in this film so i was kind of offended like a teenager that how dare you you are making me feel bad because i like something then i then after then about like 10 or 20, 10 years after that, I talked to you about, we, we chatted about uh, this podcast and you pitched me the idea of going back and watch watch Haneke movies, like funny games or uh, other Haneke movies. So I picked funny games okay. and then I rewatched it after 10 years, almost 10 years later. And did your perception change? Uh, yeah, I think it is better than what I expected it to be, but I still think it is little outdated. Like I, I think, okay. yeah, I think it has interesting ideas and concepts for nineties, but I think we have moved past being uh, saying horror movies are bad, horror movies are good, horror movies are bad, mm -hmm. horror movies are good, and this series has been going on for years at at this point. Okay, so I think it works as a passage of time. So then I'll tell you my history with the movie, and then uh, you will see that uh, we probably will be um, on, a, on a very similar level with this movie, which is not what I necessarily expected. So I watched this movie, not in cinema, but must have been like a year after it came out. So probably in 1998 uh, on video. And I was fascinated by it, but I was also pissed off by it because I felt already, and it was my first Haneke movie. And I felt, oh I don't know, I knew I, I somehow liked what it was doing because the style is very unique, but I also felt a Hanukkah's um, finger pointing at me. And I, <laughs> my, my thought back then was I, I was really angry at him and was like, yeah, 
come on, don't be so obvious in a way. Like, why, why do you preach instead of making a movie that makes me think? And somehow that that annoyed me. I've rewatched the movie a couple of times. I've I've, I've shown parts of it at school. I've rewatched it for this podcast again, uh, maybe twice. I still, and maybe I like it a little bit more and also not so much. So I'm not the biggest fan. I think, um, and I don't want to get into Haneke too much. Uh, Cachet is great. Um, but uh, a movie he made be before Funny Games, um, uh, which is called Benny's Video, is basically the same ideas. I think it's from 1992, but I think it's a much yeah. better movie. There, he makes this point in a much more interesting way. And it's almost the same point as in Funny Games. He's obviously obsessed with the violence and the way people people shoot and portray violence in cinema. He's definitely and, obsessed with that. And a connection to media. So Because Benny's video yeah. is also about me. It's about, it's about a boy who watches lots of uh, horror movies and violence on TV, and then he becomes a murderer himself. So it's very, oh, very right. similar in its ideas. And the main uh, actor from Funny Games is also in this movie. And I mean, then he makes oh, Funny God. Games. And then he remakes Funny Games again. So he's really kind yeah. of obsessed with, with those ideas. And that, that Funny Game remake was like the most bonkers thing I had ever heard a mainstream filmmaker ever do. Like you have to remake your own film to state out your point. That is such a bizarre move as a filmmaker. And make it, I mean, again, we're not discussing the remake. But in a way, it wouldn't make any difference because it's yeah, basically it's the short same to short movie. Read. And I think it's worse. I have to say, <laughs> I, I watched yeah, it for I the think... first time for this podcast oh. because I, I, I thought I, now I have to watch a remake finally. And I thought, no, it's it's really just the same thing. Uh, the problem with the re remake, I, I recently watched the remake also. The problem with that, the performances are not as good as in the original. And you yeah. already know the, what the points of the film is. Yeah, so exactly. you just come across like, okay, I am doing the, this, this weird exercise of self-indulgence. Yeah, and I think neither Naomi Watts nor Tim Roth are able to to get the same feelings across as the the uh, the couple in in the original. I think it's 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 a really different, not completely different, but slightly worse version of this movie, which makes it even yeah, more unnecessary. Yeah, and also one also thing I uh, seen that foreign filmmakers suffer from when they make remake a film in English that there's a weird disconnect in language, like the mm -hmm. the way. You represent the, the way the language is spoken. I am not a German speaking person, German spoken person, so I don't understand the way it's spoken. But I can understand the characters that they are speaking it in a very frantic and very naturalistic way. But when that dialogue just comes across in an English language, it's come. It's a very static and very stilted version. I think yeah, exactly. only filmmaker yeah. who is able to overcome this type of thing is, I think, Yorgos Lanthimos because his films are mm -hmm. like that. Like their their true, stiltedness yeah. is the part of the filmmaking. Yeah. And uh, what you said about the remake, I, you're right. That was one of my thoughts as well when I watched the remake. And because the language makes such a big difference, the language in the original is so important to the movie and it's just not the same in English. It is really not the same. Also because we are really getting ahead of ourselves, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> now, now we're here already. Um, the way the characters talk, um, especially one of the uh, one of the young men, uh, the, like the main one like i think one is uh, has, has a little bit more power than the other one he speaks in an austrian accent 
And that makes such a difference because he's the only person speaking this way. So that distinguishes him from all the others. And that get, gets lost in, in the remake. That's just not the same thing. Uh, it's very interesting. And and this guy, by the way, is the, the boy who's uh, who plays the main role in Benny's video that I talked about, where he plays Ooh. a young boy committing violence. So there's even more connection to, to those this movie. Um, but we're not discussing Benny's video, although it's also a 90s movie. <laughs> we were discussing funny games. And I try to steer us back into um, my routine for this podcast, which is um, before we get into uh, actually discussing uh, details of this film, I uh, want to talk about the ratings this film got. This is the second movie that is not rated in America. I normally focus on the American rating, which is not unusual for foreign movies. Uh, they are often not rated because they're normally not shown in normal cinemas. But in most countries, in Germany, it was rated 18, which is the highest rating. Not many movies get an 18 wow. rating. Uh, well, mainly... I'm surprised mainly horror movies uh, and this one got an 18 rating and, and i'm pretty sure because of its um intensity and like it's it's what, what it's trying to do and it's it's rated 18 in many many countries the lowest i could find is uh, not france surprisingly there it is for uh, 16 year olds but in sweden you could watch it with 15 that's the lowest i could find which makes it one of the highest rated movies uh, i've done so far in uh, in india i see it's rated a which probably stands for adult so again, this is a really high rated movie, which means that people, especially in 1997, thought this movie is uh, quite um, yeah, disturbing, uh, difficult, problematic, whatever you, you say. And I mean, it was kind of like a scandal when it came out. I remember that. I, I remember. Yeah, it, it, was, it, get, it, it got a really mixed review at that time. Like I, I was looking at the response people were giving it and it was very, very divisive. Like Cronenberg Crash, it was very divisive from at times. Like another 90s film that was, that came out in that, that time period. It is very much a hate or love movie, I think. Because it's hard to say, huh, it's okay. I think that's difficult. Yeah, Although, yeah because we, it, it, it gives a visceral reaction out of his ear audience. Like it, it is designed to do that. Give a reaction in a way, yeah. Movie. Yeah. And I mean, again, we talked about it already. I love parts of this movie. I love some, I think if, if Haneke just used, like took a, a few different paths, I'm path, maybe I would love this movie, but somehow I also hate what he's doing. So I'm, I, I have like both feelings at the same time. I personally um, think the problem is that the entire story is fixated on the misery of the characters. That you cannot yeah. remove, take out of it. The entire, we are not, we are entire in the spoiler section. So, the, so because the entire movie reverts back to see the, mis so we can see the misery of the characters. So it becomes a parody of like you, what, what else you can say? The entire movie reverses back to see you the violence uh, that the mm -hmm. character is going to happen to, to this, this literally this three people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to discuss the uh, this too when we get to to the violence part because yeah. uh, we I think we have to discuss that. And I mean, we don't have. There's not much to discuss. But now that we get into the main uh, part of our podcast, question then would be because we start with sex first. What would you say? Difficult question with this movie. What is the most sexual <laughs> moment of this movie? I think the striptease, that weird striptease that happened. That that's the only place you can say that. Yeah, it's basically yeah, the only weird. sexual moment at all. Yeah, it it seriously comes out of nowhere, to be fair. Yeah. Like, uh, they didn't... I don't know what Haneke was trying to prove with that, but I genuinely think that just 
came out of nowhere like he has not everything else is basically planned and shown before and set up uh, to to show you the payoff of the situation or subvert the payoff of the situation but that thing just came out of nowhere yes um again if anyone has not seen the movie and i, I guess uh, by the way because i said that i can imagine that some people due to the reputation of the movie just don't watch it and maybe listen to it anyway uh, basically what happens is that the 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 two um criminals i don't know what to call them actually i always say young man because i cyphers they're like cyphers of haniki that to to yeah, the point in a, in a way they they're are they're literally about to to shove, shove the point out of the audience that this this is the message of the film god damn it you have to take it's us seriously true. it's interesting it yeah. is yeah, such yeah. a weird film it is an interesting point anyway they force the woman to uh as you said to uh to get naked and then she uh, gets uh, dressed again we don't see any nudity when uh, while she is getting undressed the the camera just uh, stays on her face so we don't see anything and i think i know what hanek is actually getting getting at with this moment uh, at least i have an idea and i think it's not so difficult like, again he's not a He's not a subtle filmmaker, I think. Yeah. At least, definitely not with this movie. Um, no, I mean, his 90s work is entirely about how, what what I want to say, I want to say. His later work, like his in 2000 and 2010s, his later work become more subtle and more nuanced. That's true. Like, comparatively yeah. to 90. But in 90s, he was very angry. Like David Lynch was very angry in 90s. Like, God damn it, <laughs> I want to tell you things I want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think like because as you said it's a genre movie and it's the genre of a like a hostage home invasion movie and those movies often have scenes where the uh invaders start I don't know like sexually uh threatening uh if, if they're females in 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 the house and I think it's it's like he says okay this is what what people expect from a home invasion movie so we just throw it in there it doesn't lead to anything with the violence, I think he it's more obvious which point he try he's trying to make. But this really just seems like okay, I have to tick this box as well. I add some uh, sexual violence in here, but I'm not showing anything. And and but I don't know, it doesn't really work for me this moment. It's just more terrorizing, yeah. more torture. And 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 nineties the film film there is a weird obsession towards uh, toward objectifying the woman. I think that's he was going for like someone like David Lynch has the problem that we also mm -hmm. talked about that his film has a very weird obsession of torturing women in his women characters in his film mm -hmm. not women the women characters in his film. So I think he was going towards that that for no no logical or political plot wise reason we are here to we are making enjoyment out of the sacrifices that woman goes through in mm -hmm. these things like i think that she was trying to do i don't think it, yeah. it he the problem is that that scene is not very well set up for the character that there's these two characters have no sexual confection yes. towards towards the film so it just comes yeah. out like why we are doing this like at least in violence, we understand these characters like violence and she like to show like to get some kind of pleasure out of it but in in the aspect of uh, this entire strip is this comes out of nowhere and it doesn't add a lot of things. Yeah, I think, I think it does. That's exactly the problem. Um, I, I mean, again, the, the movie tries to to show like the typical elements of violence that these kind of movies have and the typical elements of sexual violence. But the difference really is that we at least get some sense that the characters enjoy um, inflicting violence. But as you say, when it comes to sexuality, they're basically asexual. Like they, they have no sexuality uh, whatsoever. 
this is what makes this moment so strange, um, at least to me. Yeah. I'm sure someone listening to this and has a, a perfect <laughs> analysis of what this means. But I mean, again, I've watched this movie many, many times. And it, it, if, the, if there is a point, it has not reached me. And so at least it has failed on me. It is such a strange scene and it just came out of like uh, an hour inside hour in the film that you kind of get sense of, I think it it is designed to uh, unnerve the audience that anything can happen right now yeah, I think probably, that's the yes. point because an hour into the uh, the misery business you just become like okay now what now what so in acceleration of the situation he added that scene and if that's the point, then I have to, then I, I wanted to spare that for the violence part, but then I have to, like, my main criticism of this movie is that he wants to say, hey, you like uh, violent movies, but I will show you that this is wrong. But he cannot do this without, like, titillating the audience, without showing all the violence and, and, and like, doing exactly what the other movies are doing as well. And this scene shows that the most, I think. Exactly. I think that's yeah. the that's my uh, that's again that's my biggest problem with this film. Like, I, we both are Paul Verhoeven fan, and I think Verhoeven is better at doing this type of yeah. like look at this thing is horrible, and let me show you why this thing is horrible, as well as why you like this type of things. I think yeah. Haneke struggles always struggles with that type of scenarios. Yeah. I think the movie could get its point across with much less um torture and violence and and all of that and it would still work but in a way i think he wants to he wants to have his cake and eat it too and i think it doesn't yeah. work i think it does he 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 falls into the trap he he is i mean he is doing in a way what he is pe accusing people of and you you Definitely. know you just know that lots of people watch this movie and enjoy the torture like people who enjoy this kind of stuff for the violence they will not come away from this movie and 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 rethink their values or or never watch violent movies again. That's that's just ridiculous. I I think that's the that's the reason he remaked it in English. That's the that's the entire reason that he was so pissed that it is is considered as a horror movie. Like he yeah. thinks Haniki thinks that this is not a horror movie. This is a social drama with horror elements, which is such a bizarre thing to think yes. about. I don't understand how you, it's based at best. It's a deconstruction of that thing that you are making fun or making fun of that. But it's such a strange film, man. Like it, it's difficult to discuss this film in a very uh, academic way because the film is that. That is yes. a thesis of itself. Yeah, like it's it is a thesis. Like watching, yeah, have you seen the 2018 Suspiria movie? Yes. Yeah, that film, it feels like that. That this is an thesis and list of the film that you are watching right now. <laughs> it has that weird thing. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think I know what you're getting at. Although at least the Suspiria remake is more abstract. So you have to think yeah. of what, what it wants to say. But I, I, I get your point. The only other moment in the movie that I think has anything to do with sexuality is a moment that is interesting where, uh, again, the main uh, man, main Batman, um, is uh, telling the past of the other one and is, is telling this cliched story of he he wanted to have <laughs> sex with his mother and now he is gay. And then it just is, it, it becomes clear that this is just made up, that none of this is true and they stay ciphers. Um, but this is the only other moment where sexuality is, is just used. Um, and I think he's making fun of it, right? By yeah. by using this cliched story of, yeah, you know, he had problems with, he had mummy issues and now he's gay and now he's violent. I think that scene worked a bit, much better than the previous mm -hmm. scene because it, it's at least making the point that the things that 
the violence and the sex that we see in films are not as one to one as we we expected which uh, at least which itself uh, undercuts the point of the film i think yeah that's that's a bit of the problem but at least what works is that that he's toying with us you know that he's giving yeah. us a story and we're going with and, it we're like ah now we understand and then they're laughing yeah. at it and we say and we feel stupid to believe that it's always as easy as this and the um, performances are really good man the yeah. the guy who played peter is so good like he's genuinely scary at times yes he is he is um he's a very uh, again i know all of these actors because uh, they they, yeah. they all this is uh, my first experience with all these actors so i was not and i don't and the way you said the language is different in the, different using different accents i didn't catch that but i understand the, the performances that are really surprisingly very good like they are very in very mechan mechanical yet emotional it's a very strange thing to say like uh, most of filmmakers struggle struggle in between the like showing the violence and sex and uh, it's it's such a it works like these actors are really good yeah i have yeah, only yeah. seen the lead actor the lead guy the old age guy i have seen him in one or two films other than this but yeah, probably the life the life uh, life of others yeah, yeah. maybe his yeah, most yeah, famous that, movie that that he was in um the one del toro lost del toro's band level lost the oscar too and uh, something that i want to just throw in before we get to the violence part uh, because it's such an, a weird fat, fact about this movie is that uh, ulrich mühe who plays the main role he died uh i don't know not long after the lives of others and uh, susanne lotha who plays mm. his wife in this movie was his wife in real life as well Oh. and she she also died it's not clear why so there are there's some speculation that maybe she she uh, killed herself uh, because she died very shortly after oh the anniversary of her husband's death and the other actor that we just talked about Frank Gehring who plays uh, Peter he also committed suicide oh god so of those four main adult actors three died mm. <laughs> and this is uh, yeah this is tough to think oh about god. and i think if i'm not wrong they all when is from when is the remake again i'm not sure 2008 i think yeah so two of them died before the remake i think oh god yeah <laughs> now and now i feel really bad now because i also loved her performance too yeah but i mean that that adds some other element that those yeah uh, it's, the, it, the, it the married couple and the married couple it was actually married at the time hmm Yeah I didn't know that that's yeah. an interesting choice it very very much so right uh but yeah it's they they married just the the, the previous year before they made no the same year as oh. they made this movie <laughs> so uh oh, that's God. an interesting start of a marriage to uh play this married couple in funny games something i can never forget when i watch funny games uh okay we already in a way we already jumped to the next section many many times because it is impossible to talk about this movie and yeah. not talk about violence um but i will uh because i think we discussed every sexual element of this movie so what would you say is the most violent moment scene of funny games i think the most uh, as far as visual the violence goes i think the shoot, the gunshot sequence the gunshot scene which the the lead actress shot peter in the in her chest that was that scene and the other scene of the two guys killing peter and what is named paul killing uh, their kid in front of mm-hmm. her that yeah, that think... entire like 3 minute i think that sequence goes on for like 2 or 3 minutes that single yeah. take goes on for it was one of the most upsetting things when i first watched it like that haunted that was 
that that was the moment I said fuck you to the film. That's why yeah. why you're taking the piss out of the scene. Okay, let's get into that. I think the most infamous moment is the one you mentioned first. It's when uh, the woman shoots one of the the uh, the, the young man, and then the movie uh, is uh, rewound so that he's not shot, and <laughs> which is like the most one of the most obvious moments. It's like, oh no, yeah. I, I can just do whatever I want, and if I don't want to see violence, uh, you think this is how it normally would go that uh, they are able to fight back, but no, no. I'm in charge here and uh, they are not able to fight back. You will have to suffer through more. And it is the most violent moment for sure, right? We see the gunshot, we see the blood splattering and everything. It's the most explicit violence that we see throughout the film. Yeah, and it is this moment where Haneke basically looks at you through one of the actors, right? That's, that's why it makes so yeah. much sense that you said they are his ciphers. He looks at us and say, you see, that's what you want? Uh-uh, I'm not giving you this. I, I, and the most insane thing is that he paused his film for like one or two seconds. Like he also do, did that when yeah. he was playing with remote, he paused the film. So it just becomes, you become unnerved that what is the hell is happening? Imagining watching it in theater the first time, like what that would have broken their brains. <laughs> yes. What is happening? I, I have mean, to give it that. But the problem with that scene is that that entire film, then you become predictable that, that the film will not, the end, film will end in the way it will end. Because it becomes like, oh, obviously the, the film will not end by both of them surviving this scenario and they, they will die at the end. Because that was the moment and I become like, why why we're doing this for exactly, like half an yeah. hour? Exactly. Came, I think I think if that sequence came out when they went both, then it would have played much better. Like if five minutes mm -hmm. film hasn't left and it hasn't moved to the end of the film, like in the end of third act, it would have played like a beautiful coda. Like this entire thing was planned. You cannot move. These are purgatory people and they will suffer for their simplicity or their bourgeoisie. Like that's a I think very that would good have point. Played. And I think you're right, actually, thinking about that. If that happened later, like he plays a little bit with it on a boat when there's yeah. a knife. But if that actually, if he pointed, but, but of course, he couldn't have done it on the boat because then there would be no remote control. <laughs> and then it wouldn't be obvious <laughs> enough that, uh, that it's, <laughs> hey, it's about media, it's about movies. We can rewind the violence and watch it again and again if we want to, or we can change it. But yeah, I think it would work much better if this happened on the boat. Then I would uh, appreciate yeah. it much, much more. And I like the idea. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting choice to do that, but I it, it never really works for me. I mean, it. I think. A, yeah, go ahead. I just think that this entire film requires like a one more draft or one more entire rewrite of the film. Like if Haneke had said, sit down and rework the entire thing a little bit more, it would have been worked brilliantly. Like we are here with 75% brilliant work. So it's even pissing me, uh, both of us off that why it's not better than what it is. Yeah, I, I I agree. Because because we both are very cynical and very critical about the film, but I think we both agree that there are scenes and sequences here which are just brilliant. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think you just as yeah. you said, it, it's 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 really close to being what it wants to be, but somehow yeah. Haneke just can't help himself, and uh, especially here. And yeah, which makes, as we said already, which makes the remake even crazier because there he would have had the chance to to like correct his mistakes but it's Definitely. clear that he doesn't he doesn't see those mistakes like he, he yeah. thinks this movie is exactly what he wants it to be 
it is that that's one of the most baffling things man like and he even added some buffer moment in between the scenes like he added some random wide shots in the film that was like what if you have you are adding something why add this yeah i mean then then at least uh, be gus van sand and and add some really crazy yeah. things to your shot for shot <laughs> remake to make it different yeah. even if they're if they're stupid but at least do something but yeah just doing the same movie like and I mean, maybe you've read that, that he always wanted the movie to be American from the start, but it was impossible in 1997. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's it, he's so obsessed with this idea, which also means that he thinks, oh, it's American violence, which is really the problem. Yeah. American movies and Hollywood. But no, that's nonsense. And if you, if you have I a problem think... with violence in movies, it doesn't matter where they come yeah. from. Yeah, people are violent everywhere. You, you, you cannot specify a person obsession with violence because everybody like action movies like i think action movies the only genre that transcend any language surprisingly like there's a reason marvel movies make that much amount of money there's exactly. a reason avatar makes that much amount of money avatar films which are very progress quote and quote progressive but they are basically a, a very beautifully crafted action movies yeah okay the other scene you mentioned and this is um mm, maybe also that this is often shown as, um, you know, mm -hmm. it is often mentioned as one of the most uh, difficult to watch scenes is when the kid is killed because yeah. normally in movies kids are not killed right and kids he's and toying yes <laughs> right um <laughs> and he's toying with us again because we see the kid escape and we think he is able to like to get some help but it, it again oh, it leads to nowhere because nothing leads anywhere yeah uh, he makes that point again and again that there's no way out, which is again, which is what some someone who wanted to make a really terrible horror movie would do, right? Um, it, it's basically the plot of Saw, if you think about it. Yes, like that, yes, that's exactly. what happened in Saw. Like, <laughs> this is what such a bizarre thing. Do you think James Bond had seen Saw, seeing <laughs> funny games and taken inspiration from this? That would have been handy to, to yeah. uh, death yeah. levels. And to that point, just like with the nudity, he's not showing the death of the boy yeah. because he, he he seems to want to say, well, I don't show the violence, I'm different. But then we see the body of the boy lying there and we see the blood on the TV. And I think that's just as bad as if, if as if we had seen him getting killed. Like, Definitely. It, 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 I think he, he, he's coming he across... himself. But at least I understand why he what he was doing. Because he want to show because most of the action movies nowadays you don't show the violence of aftermath of a violence scene. Like if you see an action movie and they yeah. they don't show they just show explosion they show the punches and brutality but they don't show the aftermath what happens after the sequence ends. And he's showing yeah. you that at least I understand what he was trying to do at that moment. And it is tough to watch like when the boys yeah, lie there is, we see the very we see the mother getting angry. it's a very long shot very very long and the camera is not moving much and the mother is there with the dead kid lying there it's really really hard to watch but yeah again I, it's it's uh, I, I don't know if if we need this if it this is necessary to get the point <laughs> across especially and this is upsets me even more it's like right after before we see the dead kid lying there there, as I just said, there's the television with the blood on it. And I mean, this is like his yeah. thesis summarized, right? And this, oh, blood on TV, blood on the screen. And, and you see NASA, uh, NASCAR's yeah. car going on. Oh, entertainment to... and violent entertainment yeah. and action. And it's so on the nose. It's it's almost ridiculous. It becomes a parody of itself at times, man. Like, it just yeah. feels like... You... And the biggest problem with Henneke is that he doesn't have any kind of sense of humor 
Like I no. love his films. I love lot of his film, but he does not have any kind of sense of humor. No, not at I, all. Not at all. Yeah, even his films that I love, like uh, the the White Ribbon and Amour, they don't have any kind of humor in it. Like I yeah. don't think people watch Amour for fun. Yeah, no, not at all. No, none of them. I haven't seen all of them. So it, um, but uh, yeah, no, humor is not his uh, not his strength in any way. I I want I haven't do, done that yet. I I want to quote from the Parents Guide for a second uh, because I yeah, want to sure. get back to that uh, because this is one of the Parents Guide uh, where a lot of people wrote a lot of stuff on it, but it's mostly the same thing written again and again because because the film itself. has like three or four scenes in this violence. It just what else you can say about the film that we are we both are just going back to the two or three scenes that's the problem with the film like yeah exactly. i think there is a very good shot they like an hour hour 10 minutes a beautiful hour 10 minutes film in this film like yeah. if it was yeah. short and concise it would have been a great film it just like there's some kind of width and uh, the pay, the problem with this film is like it's weirdly paced like the first 30 minutes of first uh, 30 minutes of this film is basically setting up the uh, the storyline and characters like even yeah. not even storyline the fall the how things are going to end up in the places that it will end up like there's a weird close and unlike the future haneke movies it, it has the editing pattern is very different than something like code and code and uh in his future film like cache there's a weird editing choices in this film i also noticed that like there are a lot of close-ups that haneke usually don't do yeah that's true yeah yeah like the parents guide um at the end of its violence and gore part, someone has just written, not much is shown though. So there, <laughs> so there are no explicit scenes other than the gun scene. Although the stress that the main characters go through is frightening and intense, which seems <laughs> weird because I mean, of course we don't see much of much violence committed, not much, but we see enough. I think we see more enough to say that you can't say not much is shown. I think that's a bit of an understatement. I think the uh, it's the aftermath that the the showing of aftermath makes the thing seem more intense than it is. That's my opinion. I think that's that's that's, that's, the... that's true. I want to get to some other violent moments, and um, to me, I mean, I, I agree with you that the the gunshot scene is the most violent moment. But the moment that the of violence that unnerves me the most, or also annoys me in a way the most, is the final death. So what happens is that they are sitting on the boat. They have uh, bound and gagged the woman, and they just—they are talking about s some stuff. I mean, th th again, what they talk about also uh, comes back to the thesis of the movie. And then they just drop her into the water, and we know that she just drowns. But it's done so offhandedly. It's—it's it's like just oops, and she's gone. And yeah, th this is something and that I have a, a hard time taking in movies when deaths are played so inhumanly, like just as if nothing, as as if no one cares about it. A life is just taken and it just sit there. And of course, I get his point, but I hate seeing that. I don't want to see that. That's not entertainment. And it's it's I know I, this moment is is something I I want to avoid whenever I watch this movie. That, that scene just like the way it is staged it's even awkwardly staged like you, if you've seen the shot that you the entire thing is like the subversion of the knife that you set up in the first act like yeah. the, the Chekhov's knife is there so you expect that they, she will cut out the knife but again you know what's going to happen because of the remote trick that he pulled off that he, he she's going to die 
the moment yeah. she is in the boat she is going to die and the i think the the way haniki shows the death of the woman at the end of the film is i think he was trying to make a parody and or a satire of quentin tarantino type of violence like in his <laughs> film the violence happened like oh random violence happened without any sense so he does that i think that's the his point of doing that but again it was it was revolutionized 1990 but now it is come across like yeah we have to have seen this thing happen again and again yes yes and you're right maybe this is a point why i hate this scene so much is that we have realized so long ago that none of these people will survive that it makes it even worse to just kill them off because then i think again it's like why do you as the writer director have to do this like why do you have to let the characters go through all of this for such a long time long long after we got your point like because the movie will not finish the film actually says that to you the character again cypher told that the film is not up to the film length yeah. it is such a strange thing to it it is frustrating because haniki is like i know what it it has i like to call deadpool problem that deadpool films have like oh we are making fun of the things that we are we are not able to sec- do do it properly like at least do something say something interesting rather than just covering your ass in future like <laughs> yeah, okay i get that what it reminds me of is a lot of the rape revenge films um which have gotten better but it's still it's often that problem especially in the 70s where you shown like endless scenes of rape and then you claim later when you when you see the revenge part that it's about oh how you get revenge and how rape is bad and this is what it reminds me of <laughs> to say oh violence in movies is bad and to get, so that you get the point we show you lots of violence and that just doesn't work for me i i i, I don't think this is the way to show that violence is bad by showing you the most terrifying torture moments even if you leave out like gore and bloody details i think we are like the least uh, we are the last demographic to like this film like we we both like genre movies we like horror we like i like action movies so i think we are the last person to like this type of films but the i, I understand what he's trying to do but I, it's so it's so frustrating that he's almost there but he just can't do it like i don't know how to i'm not a smart per- i don't think i'm as smart as haniki but i am so frustrated that he's not able to crack this thing I agree with his point. You know, yeah. I think violence is overused and and it can like it violence uh, shouldn't be used just as entertainment. I I do have a problem with that sometimes. More more and more the more I get, older I get, but I just don't agree with the way he he gets it across. I think he is he's falling into his own trap. Um, yeah, that's I, the biggest problem with this film, man. Like I have seen uh, I have seen as we have seen said like we have seen Cache and Cache's very like nuanced take on yes. how racism in in the country works and it is such a smart movie. And yes, then going back then he made he made uh, again he remade this film. So it's such a bizarre overtone like I don't understand why that remake is such a bizarre thing to do in his and like you it is, yeah. And again, like the the if you want to get the same point across in a better movie you have to watch Benny's video from a uh, 5 5 years uh, earlier yeah i think is, again, i should watch Benny's video it is also it's a tough movie to watch for sure right it it's it, it works in a very similar way but i think it's not as didactic as this here it's in a way it's even bleaker if you can imagine that um oh god yeah yeah i can see that with any guy can somehow that works better and there's just one moment of violence and it's terrible and it's also off screen 
but it's just that and that is enough then we get the point do you think then, he made funny and then, because and then, he, don't then it's more about the aftermath and here it's again and again and again and again and do you think he made a funny case because he thought he will not able to make this point with Benny's video because Benny's video was not successful? Maybe, yeah. I, I do want to get into some more moments of violence. Although what I do want to get at, actually, I, I think we don't have to get through all the violent moments. Like there's the, the moment when the father is attacked with the golf club and mm -hmm. uh, we see the dead dog and they're playing a game with it because, hey, the movie is called Funny Games after all. What I do want to get at is because I think we are running into the danger of repeating ourselves, and we, we <laughs> like this film. Same, like this film does. I mean, the, it's it's the movie's <laughs> fault. So what I want to get at is, I think there are lots of ways where Haneke, as if he's not obvious enough, um, many other moments where he includes violence. For example, and tell me if I'm over interpreting. We also there's an extended moment when the woman before they the invaders enter is cutting meat. Yeah. And I, I noticed in one second time. I think he, in a way, is uh, showing us violence already, right? Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine. And just like the eggs that get dropped and we get close-ups of them as well. Like there's lots of food violence in this movie. Um, yeah. And I think that's also symbolic. Definitely. With Haneke, every, he's such a minimalistic filmmaker that everything that happened in the frame is because of some reason. But even those moments just make the same point in a way, right? It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, so it doesn't really... I mean, I like that. It, if he stayed, would have stayed more with this symbolic way of introducing violence, right? That you have to think about it, actually. That you're saying, oh, is she just preparing food? Or is that violence that we're seeing? That's, that makes me think. Um, yeah, it's definitely more smart than the rest of the film. Yeah. Although that's... Um, yeah. I want to get to one more thing. And... I know we criticize the movie a lot. Um, <laughs> I, what, what I want to mention is the, the thing that annoys me the most about this film. I haven't mentioned it yet. It is the movie starts. We see um, the characters driving in a car, listening to classical music. Yeah. And they're playing like a game. They, they both make them each other guess which uh, composer it is. And then the title appears of Funny Games and we hear this loud metal music with screaming. And it's, it's like... It's called Bonehead. The, the song is called Bonehead. And it's... I think it's so obvious that he wants to yeah. say, Oh, yeah, loud violence! <laughs> it's a jump scare. It's it's a weird jump scare. And Haneke doesn't use background music in his films. Like, if you watch any of his other films, like Piano Teacher, the music is very diegetic. It is here, here too. A, here too. There's no music throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, the, another think, moment when the kids escape, there's the music playing, but it's in the house music yeah. system. So it's such a bizarre thing to do that at the starting of the film. Especially it the music starts right with the title, and it's so I think yeah. it's so on the nose again. It's like, oh loud, this is violence, and we this movie is about violence, even if it looks as if it's not about violence, and you see they are harmonic and everything is peaceful, but they are bam bam bam. I mean, to use this kind of music as a, a symbol for violence, I think it's like, I don't know. It, if, if, if someone came it to me- It like simplifies the thing. Yeah. If a student came to me with like, I'm, I'm working in theater <laughs> in, in school very often. And if someone said, hey, we have this violent moment and let's use some very loud metal music. I would say, hey, no, come on. Let's let's do something different. That's too obvious. It's and like the they most even, obvious thing like, you could uh, do. Have you seen the uh, Cabin in the Woods? They even oh, in yes. that. 
ओपनिंग सीक्वेंस इज बेसिकली लाइक दिस टाइप ऑफ सीन पैरडी द एंटायर सीन लाइक द द मोमेंट जा जा ना द म्यूजिक किक्स इन एंड द टाइटल ट्रैक कम्स टाइटल ऑफ कैबिन द वुड्स इट इवन वर द सेम काइंड ऑफ वाइट ड्रेस आई थिंक इट वाज एन होमेज टू दिस सीन maybe i've never thought about and, that oh i have to rewatch cabin in the yeah Woods that's the first that thing i yeah that's the first thing i thought when i saw this like <laughs> when the fonts are similar in red red fonts like oh this is where that scene come from okay i have to i have to get back to cabin in the woods um it's uh, to me it's the most embarrassing moment of the film like whenever i, sh- I would show this film to someone i would like i would say yeah yeah it's okay wait, wait it, it gets better than that and, <laughs> but but and i mean the the last moment of the movie when when he looks at the camera again which happens several times um yeah. and then the music the the this music comes back in the end as if to remind us yeah violence this so, will happen again it's so like when the music again. comes back in the end i think this is so so annoying it's, it's juvenile. so it's, stupid it's, it's kind of juvenile thing to do like yes oh um, yeah that's the that's that, the right word it's juvenile exactly Yeah, and you expect Haniki to be smarter than that. Like that's the first thing that a filmmaker should do. Like, like uh, play an obvious music in the background or the most unobvious, most ironic music in the situation. Like that. That's yeah. the thing that every filmmaker does in his first or second film, and it is like his third or fourth. It's like his fifth or sixth film, right? He had made a um, lot of films. I'm not sure. Um, Funny Games is. Oh, I would have to check. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, he he had made a couple of movies. Yeah, and I mean, he started in the seventies. right so yeah. i mean he is a he theater had... director like he directed a lot of theater pieces in 70s i think he was 55 when he made this movie wow that, so that, that that's so weird yeah it has old man shouting at the cloud energy to be fair <laughs> yeah 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 this and imagine the end uh when he looks at us and then it cuts to credits and there's no music how much more effective this would be yeah just leaving us the alone silence with it that and have, was, yeah. making us think about it and it said it's like he's shouting at us again as if we as if he wants to be sure that we really got his point and all we can say is yeah yeah we got your point like an hour ago it's okay and i think it like we we both are very uh, critical about it i have seen a lot of my friends who had seen this film and actually love this film like one of my best friend who is who's who's advice i love he, he loved this film like he had given five star in letterbox and all that and i i can get like uh, i know there are filmmakers and people who love this film but it just does not work for me and you like i think we are same boat right now or at least it doesn't work enough it yeah. like we see its potential at least Yeah, and, yeah. and again, it's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating yeah. to watch, and it is and an especially... interesting movie to talk about. That's like I give yeah. it that. Like it's it's not a movie that you can just shrug off and say, huh. Um, so that's 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 why what I like about it. It's just, I think yeah. that's that's the thing I love about Haniki that he 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 encouraged discussion about his films. You almost want him to be uh, intentional in making it frustrating, but I don't think he is. Yeah. I think uh, something like a uh, piano teacher I think it's more violent than this film. I weirdly think that that film is weirdly more violent and explicit than this than this movie. Uh, I still haven't teacher. seen the piano teacher but of course I know what you're talking about because it's very infamous for <laughs> for what it's showing. Um, no it's not just that, that man the atmosphere that he creates like the way he shots yeah. the scene 
he has that the tension that he creates in the scene even it works sometimes in this film also like there is a long long takes that usually like people make fun of like there is a long take but he uses long take to create tension in the within a scene and sometimes it works like the telephone sequence that the scene that the cordless fall in the water that sequence is so beautifully done and again in benny's video the one violent moment is also shown through a very very long take that you just want to end because it's so yeah. hard to take and he he stays on it long 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 so that's that's much more effective and somehow here no and again i i would never say this is a bad movie it, no it, it's it's definitely worth watching like it it's yeah. an engaged discussion it's it's one of the hardest movie for me to rate actually to say oh i would give this this rating because it depends in a way what rating you want yeah. here i have not rated this film because i don't know what to do because at times i think it is so specifically and beautifully done and at times it's very frustrating yeah i think it's like a a 5 and an 8 at the same time yeah definitely <laughs> But which doesn't make it like a, a six or seven. Like, I cannot say it's an no. average movie. That's what's so weird about it. Ah, well, okay. But I think we've discussed everything within the film. I mean, we haven't discussed everything, but I think we, again, before we repeat ourselves, or is there another moment that you would like to discuss? I think the escape of the kid is very interesting. Move. I was kind of happy when that happened. Like, at least we are going somewhere. We are out of this set or this situation. Yes. Then That's it true. just then the situation again loops out on itself. It yeah, it was good while it lasts. Yeah, like again, yeah. I understand what he was trying to do. He was to sucker in the audience, and again, he did that same thing again with the with the wife character that he yeah. the wife character escape, and then he got that character again. Yeah, that's true. This, but again, this is but... such a strange movie. <laughs> it is. This is such a strange movie to talk about because it is. It's an academic work. It's like reading as something, someone's paper on or thesis on violence. Like how can you review or analyze this thing? This is self-analyzed. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, uh, I don't know if you've read that. Like there is, he wrote like an essay about everything. Like uh, that, that. Of course about, he did. Yeah, called violence in media. And I just just think, well, okay, yes, then leave it at that. You don't need the movie. The movie is like in in um not completely thought out opinion piece basically disguised as a movie yeah it's kind of frustrating okay um let's get to our final segments uh which is uh yeah well <laughs> that will be interesting to talk about so what i always ask at this point is if you could imagine this movie being more violent and sexual or less violent and sexual so could you imagine it's yeah. a different version of this movie that has more or less of, of sex and violence? I think I have expected the more violent version is Saw. We, I, I, we had talked mm -hmm. about it. Like That That's, is the most violent version of this film. I really it is like dumber, the comparison. I, it, is, it is dumber version of this film. Like It is completely... James Wan is like the smartest dumb filmmaker in Hollywood right now. <laughs> That's I true. Call him. I will, like, I will, I will steal this comparison for you from you whenever I talk about funny games again because I think that's so good. I think you're right. Yeah. I think Saw is basically it's it's a very it very has a similar point. plot twist in the middle of the film. Like they have to escape from taking. We have to take the telephone out. I was shocked when I just take that telephone to a plot twist that happened. I was like, this is just Saw. I'm watching Saw right now with and, an artsy I mean, version of that. And I mean, I mean, Saw one 
does that in a way. But I mean, especially the sequels do the same thing where you basically, especially if you've, after you've seen a couple of sequels, you know that no one will survive, that it will all yeah. end terribly. And that's why I think the comparison is so good. And what what I hate about the Saw movies is that I, I think, okay, then why should I watch you at all? Like, you make it clear that all you want to show me is torture and and suffering and nothing else. To be fair, um, uh, toward, towards Haneke, at least he's not uh, taking a f- uh, fun out of this thing. Like, he's not trying to entice yeah. you with this violence. At least we have, we have to stop. <laughs> like, we are not saying it's as bad as Saw films, but I think the plot... But I think he's doing it a little bit. Close. Yeah. I think he's Definitely. doing it a little bit, yeah. The problem with uh, funny games again is that he is going, he's taken the good points out of the situation. Like there are some brilliant choices, or brilliant sequences. Again, mm-hmm. like uh, the, I think the story structure is quite smart. Like the way he stru- play, plays and plots the every every single devices and every single uh, things that going to come across in third act, like the telephone that he is going to drop in water and yeah. the knife that he's going to subvert it. Like uh, the golf course, like he's good at filmmaking. Like we have to admit that he's very good of at course. filmmaking. The problem yeah. is, the yeah. problem here comes with the story that he's trying to tell. Like the it comes across like a pretentious message movie. Like I, I don't think Haneke is ever a message filmmaker, but this is the closest he ever got to tell. Like this is my message of the film. Some critic wrote something that I that I had to think about is that he in the remake he uses Darius Conchi, which is one of the best cinematographers around. Like he makes oh, seven and, and lots of other great movies. And for he the also original... shot Bardo, right? Oh, possibly. I don't know that. Um, yeah, he but, also yeah, shot I mean, Bardo. Yeah, Darius Conchi is one of the best. And for the yeah, original, he, he used uh, Jürgen Jürges, uh, which is not as fam- who's not as famous, but he worked with uh, um, Fassbinder a lot. So he's also a very important uh, cinematographer, German cinematographer. And the critic that said that said, it doesn't really matter who the cinematographer is for Haneke, because for this film, anyone could be the cinematographer because he doesn't use their talent for anything. Yeah. He just It's just his point of view. Like, they, the cinematography doesn't, they cannot add more to it than what Hanukkah wants to say. I am going to curse one more, one more curse movie. I am coming across to one more curse movie right now. I am going to compare the remake of Funny Games to the remake of Lion King in 2019. Like this, <laughs> this has that same problem. Like why yeah. you are hiring so much talented people to do the same thing that in a in somewhat de- diminishing matter like yeah uh, the Caleb Tushnell shot the remake of Lion King the 3D yeah, remake why why exactly he's, yeah he's he's like seven time Oscar nominated cinematographer he's one of the best working in Hollywood and why he why he uses someone talented like that to shoot a scene on green screen with not, no one on play in front of it like why do do that yeah you're you're right I completely agree like like again, the Lion King remake. You, it doesn't matter who the cinematographer is. It does not yeah. matter at all, right? It's 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 also artificial anyway. Yeah, it's 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 something. And again, the Darius point Kanji of remake is, is readaptation of the story. Yeah, I mean, why do you hire Darius Kanji to make a shot for shot yeah. remake? You know, and it's such a bizarre move. I see. I, I, have, I have forgotten about that. This is also one of my problems. Um, there are lots of problems with uh, Woody Allen films is that he has lots of amazing cinematographers. And I mean, Woody Allen movies oh, don't need great cinematographers oh, because man. they all look the same. Like Darius Conchie made three Woody Allen movies. No, four. Four. And his other hires, cinematographers are the some of the best cinematograph- in the business. Man, he hires cinematographer of Apocalypse Night to shoot his weird rom-coms. Like, 
I don't understand it, man. Yeah. Like his last rom com with uh, uh, Chris, starring, I think Christine's to, uh, I think Christine's to word, and uh, Jesse Eisenberg was shot by the cinematographer of Apocalypse. Apocalypse now, like why? Yeah, yeah. Why you are doing that? You, the yeah. guy who discovered visual vision, like that guy. What you just just click that the biggest nerves in my body, like that is the, like I think. the reason he hired the best cinematographer because he shot most of his film in wide shots like he had very wide and open shots so he want the best frame shot to make not the make make scene boring like i think that's the only reason he hires cinematographer like that yeah but still again, like there is it's not a woody that... allen episode but again you just that that's my biggest thing that with woody allen like why you had why you had gordon willis to shoot any hall like I mean, Darius Crunchy know. made to Rome with love, like one of the worst Woody Allen movies <laughs> I think ever made. <laughs> I have not it's, seen that film. That it's trailer so just, bad. It's so bad. It's like that trailer really just bad. made me like I will never watch that film ever. It's it's weird. Anyway, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't talk about Woody Allen now. That's really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, no one probably has ever connected Haneke to Woody Allen. We did. Um, <laughs> Let's get to really our final final segment of of uh, this podcast of this episode, uh, which is the rating we give this movie. Um, so um, I explain it uh, again. Um, I have four categories, and you uh, have to uh, give a rating from one to ten on each category, so that we give our own rating for this film, and then we can compare it with all the other movies that I have discussed so far. So, concerning the sex and violence, on a scale from one to ten, how explicit would you say the film is? I think it's a seven. I think it's a seven. I think the violence is though the violent as written in IMDb page is not shown, quote unquote shown. But I think it understands the the impact of violence on the character, and yeah. I, I think that's a very important thing. Even yeah. we criticize Haneke for everything. He understands that the character who is suffering through the violence and showing that suffering is very important. And yeah, I mean, and we do, we do get the aftermath. We do get the dead body yeah. uh, of the kid. We do see that they drop her in the water. I mean, this is kind of explicit in a way, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think seven, but it could be more explicit, as we said. Um. So yeah, I think seven makes sense. Okay, how intense would you say it is? A uh, nine. I think yes. it's the the amount of intensity does not come from it comes from the filmmaking. I think the yeah. filmmaking is the reason the scenes are intense as it is. Yeah, I would have accepted a ten as well. I have to say because it, yeah. I mean the movie is supposed to really, really terrify you and and everything. But yes, uh, I think a nine is makes sense as well. The um, only reason I'm not giving it ten because I think Haneke is better at doing this. Like yeah, that's true. Uh, Uh, the see the most terrifying thing I had ever seen is the uh, the spoiler for uh, the white ribbon. There's a scene of someone having suicide and the characters showing so just re- realizing the guy had died. That scene is the most terrifying thing I had ever seen. Like he's capable of that type of intensity in like in five in, in a second. And I would say one reason why we can take one point away from intensity is. That all the things we criticize about the movie is what, at least for me, it takes me out of the film. So that's why why it loses some of the intensity. Yeah, it becomes obvious about itself. Yeah, and okay, how much would you say on a scale from one to ten? How much are uh, sex and violence connected to the themes of the movie? Uh, uh, this is a tough one. I think two or three. 
<laughs> my my thing is that the entire sex part of this film like okay, the striptease is not necessary like it just came out of uh-huh. nowhere but but again it's such a bizarre thing to rate this film on that scenario i don't know i really don't mm. know i think i would give it a 4 at max interesting because i would have said this is a clear 10 because the movie is all about violence so everything that we are seeing no violence... I, i no no i uh, sorry sorry i thought it was about sex like i no no that. no no i mean i i oh no it, if it's violence it's a 10 no it's okay, a 10 okay it's a, with with I, violence it's a 10 Yeah, we can always I, I choose like. Big, I know. I don't want my audience, our audience, to think that I am a complete sociopath. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. I, I played for fun. Like the name is funny games. <laughs> okay, okay. Then we we agree on ten. Yeah, I just throw sex and violence together for this uh, for this rating oh. because otherwise it gets too complicated. Okay, and the last question on a scale from one to ten, one means um, yes, ten means no. How much would you recommend this for children? Ten. I don't think anyone who is at least 15 years old should less than 15 years old watch this because they will not understand what they are watching. Yeah. Yeah. It's And more about it... the intellectual exercise of the film rather than yeah. the content of the film. And you're right. I think this is would be impossible to understand for anyone too young, too immature, and also very disturbing especially if you don't understand what it wants to say. I was seventeen when I first watched it, and I was so goddamn confused by like what is happening with like first fifteen to thirteen minutes, thirty minutes. Like, what is this with? Okay, that gives us uh, this movie thirty uh, six, uh, which is quite high, but not surprising for this film, I would say. Yeah, it's a it's a disturbing film without being gratuitous about. I think the graphicness is not it's not very graphic, but it is very violent. Yeah, and very intense still. Yeah, yeah. It's and very again, intense. and because it is explicitly about violence. Um, yeah, it, it's a thesis about violence in films. And with this, I think we we've discussed the movie. <laughs> so um, yeah, thanks again for uh, picking this film. I'm really happy that uh, this is now on my episode list. Uh, again, I think this movie would have to be included in a '90s discussion of sex and violence. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think. Again, even in in the case of uh, us repeating ourselves too much, um, I think we had a very interesting discussion. And uh, again, I I did not expect us to agree that much on uh, what we think about the film. I was surprised. I was really surprised. I thought uh, you will like this film to be precise, like yeah, because and... it's a very critic. It's it's very critical about the sex and violence. And I have read read your reviews and think I follow you, so I know that you are not very specific about violence in films, like. Uh, so I was quite surprised that we are in the same level, same animosity towards this film. But uh, I, I, I think that's great. I think that made for a very interesting discussion. Um, instead of yeah, us it's, disagreeing it's the, over it. Yeah, it's the so, first thing that the first time people will be like, "Why?" I am, I am really curious that people who love this film will how they will react towards this conversation. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't want to say I couldn't imagine discussing this movie with someone who really likes it. Because I no well I don't know <laughs> that would be an interesting discussion or a very frustrating discussion yeah um, but instead we just argued uh, why the movie is frustrating and we didn't have a frustrating time uh, discussing it I, I hope that's true for you too so uh, yeah, thank you for you. thank you for coming on and bringing this movie and bringing so much interesting things to say especially 
amazing comparisons with other movies uh, that uh, I really, I think that's a... Uh... I'm always there for that, man. You, if you want a weird comparison with one film to another, you just uh, talk to me. Like I have I have a weird brain towards connecting two different films of completely different genres with, uh, with each other. Yeah, but a, a really, really good comparisons. I really, really like that. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, that. That's something. That's a, a bonus for this episode in a way. Like if you don't like anything else, uh, this is something <laughs> you can you can take away with you. So, well, that uh, that that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, I, again, I said that before. I have stopped to announce what the next episode will be because I don't trust my uh, schedule and structure enough to predict if everything works as planned. Uh, so you will have to see what will be next. Uh, it will be something interesting for sure. So um, yeah, thank you for being a guest and um, maybe you will come back at some point. Sure, man. I, I love this conversation. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, then uh, with this, I'll say goodbye. Goodbye, my friend. Bachelors, es ist genug. Es ist genug? Meinen Sie wirklich, es ist genug? Was meinst du, Anna? Hast du schon genug oder willst du weiterspielen? Antworte nicht mehr. Lass sie machen, was sie wollen, bitte. Dann ist es schneller zu Ende. Pfui, das ist aber feig. Wir sind doch noch unter Spielfilmlänge. Ist sie schon genug? <lacht>